0: Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston.
1: If you're calling me to do something and you're telling me to go and I don't, whatever it may be, Lord, would you give me the boldness that I need to be obedient? Because sometimes the requests are easy. Go to Jeroboam. Tell them this message. Sweet, that'll make everybody love me. Okay, I'll do that one. No, Now go to Nineveh to your enemies and tell them this message. No, because that's going to make everybody hate me. And they'll probably kill me because there are enemies. So no, I'm not going to do that.
0: Do you sometimes feel like shying away from the call that God has for you? In today's message from Pastor James, he teaches you to ask the Lord for more boldness whenever that feeling comes up. God desires to use you and the gifts that He's given to you for His purposes and plans. Pastor James encourages you to surrender your life to the Lord. Say to Him, Not my will, Lord, but yours be done. That's sometimes not an easy prayer, but one that is important. You want to be about your Father's business. Now here's Pastor James in the book of Jonah, chapter 1, with today's edition of Bread for the Broken.
1: I would label this chapter one, how not to end up in the fish's belly. That's what I would call this whole chapter, how not to end up in the fish's belly. Because I can promise you this, you might not be swallowed by a literal fish, but each and every one of us, that's, that's out there. God knows how to, you know, appoint whatever it may be to swallow you for a season to get you back on track where you need to be. And I can testify that I've been in that belly probably many times, more times than what I'm probably aware of. Because I'm like, oh, you want me to do what? No, sorry, Lord. No, I can't. No, I I can't do that. He doesn't ask you because of your ability. He asks you because of his ability to work through you. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish. Um, So you understand, Nineveh, 500 miles roughly northeast. Tarshish. What we believe and what's a common theory on that is that's on the, the coast of Spain. 2,000 miles to the west. Jonah, go to Nineveh, 500 miles up this way, land. Jews hate the water. They hate the sea, Okay, Just so you know, for most of them, they're like, especially the Mediterranean, because there are wicked storms that happen on there. I know there's fishermen in the Sea of Galilee and all that good stuff. But by and large, most of these guys didn't want to go on a boat. And they certainly didn't want to go out into the Mediterranean Sea. And they didn't want to leave their homeland. See, do you understand what's going through his heart and his mind? That he would be willing, what's your end game, Jonah? You're going to go to Tarshish. You're going to go 2,000 miles on a boat through a, a, a sea that has been known for its storms to live where? On the coast of Spain. I'm sure it's Beautiful. I hear the paella is amazing, but come on, dude. Like, you're going to sacrifice your family and everything to what? To run away and to disappear where you don't know anybody? You're going to hide. And you're hiding from God. You're really hiding from your friends and your family. Jonah, what's your end game? Are you going to just hang out there for a while until it just passes, and then maybe I can go back home? He goes, he's going to flee. He says, he's the one writing this letter. He himself says, I got up to run to Tarshish. Why? Because I was fleeing from God. I love his honesty. And then notice the progression here. He arose to flee to Tarshish. And then from there on, anytime you run away away from God, I can tell you this, your steps are always going to be down. They're always going to be down. He went down to Joppa, it's a port city there in Israel, beautiful little town, and he found a ship. It just so happens that he found a ship that was there going to Tarshish. Listen, you need to understand that. Sometimes when you're going against the will of God, things will work in your favor. Do not be surprised by that. Sometimes we think like, well, if I'm going against the will of God, then nothing will work out and there will always be stuff in the way to keep me from that. no. There's always going to be a ship selling to Tarshish in your life when you're running from God. There's always going to be a ship. There will always be. It's up to you and whether or not you're going to hop on the thing. But I tell you this, you will pay the price. You will pay the price. There's always a fee to pay. And that's what he does. He found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare, the fare for a 2,000-mile journey on this boat. This isn't a luxury cruise. This isn't like the Port of Galveston, the Disney cruise that's going out or anything. It's not that. This is not that. This is a cargo ship, right? This isn't a luxury liner, like with a nice dining facility and all-you-can-eat buffet and all that good stuff. Like, No, that's not. These are just sailors with cargo headed back to Spain on a very, very long journey. There's no motor, right? I mean, you're totally dependent upon nature, element, the, the wind, currents, and all that stuff. You're not getting there fast. You're not getting there fast. But he pays the fare. He was willing to pay the price. And then what? Look, it says again, he went down into it, into the hull of the ship, to go with him to Tarshish for, again, for what? To flee to Tarshish from the presence of God, as if God's not in Tarshish. How narrow-minded this little man was, as if God is only in Israel. And unfortunately, that's how a lot of these guys thought. Yes, God's blessing was on the nation of Israel, still is. Genesis chapter 12, the nation of Israel was supposed to be a blessing to the Gentiles. We saw that in Abraham's life. That was repeated multiple times. Sometimes we as believers, Christians, can get into that mindset as well. Like, well, no, God is only here with us. No, he's not. No, he's not. Well, God is only has his blessing on America and is, no, that's not true at all. That's not true at all. We ne- may we never be so narrow-minded to think, think like we somehow had the monopoly on the presence of God. We don't. We always pray, and you'll hear it when we're praying to, to start the service and all that stuff. Lord Jesus, we want you present with us. But that doesn't mean that he's only gonna be here. Praise God that he's not limited to one building or one facility. No, he's, the Lord is, is just as he was present there in the nation of Israel, he was probably present in, in Tarshish as well. Just meaning this, there's just nowhere on this planet that you can run to get away from the presence of God. You can't. Jonah is a prophet of God. <laughs> If anybody would have known this, it was going to be him. But see, when sin creeps into your life, and that's exactly what he's doing. What he's doing is sin. He is sinning against God. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going No, he is absolutely in rebellion against God. God said, Jonah, get up and go deliver this message. And he said, no. That's sin. He's disobeying God. That is sin. And anytime time you tell God, no, I'm going to tell you right now, you are sinning against God. So don't do it. Just, and I, listen, I understand. There's been all the memories, all the stuff comes flooding back into my mind, especially as I'm going through this book and studying through it and all that stuff, of all the times when God showed up in my life and said, hey, go there. Go talk to this person. Go do this. And I said, no. I've done it. I've done it. And I felt that punch in my stomach of, like, the, I'd say, the conviction of sin. It's the Holy Spirit inside me saying, hey, you, no, you, you can't do that. No, that's, that's not right. You're not in charge. You're not in charge. Jonah is, he's sinning against God. He is a prophet who has resigned from his position, and he is in absolute rebellion against God. And he's got a reason for it. It's just not a good one. It's just not a good one. But here's the Lord. And I just, I would love to like, this is one of those one stories where it's like, I'd love to be sitting next to God as this story is playing out and just laughing and be like, oh, okay, there he goes. <laughs> like, he's hiding in that ship. Can you believe that? Let him get out a little bit and I'm going to hurl this storm and uh, just watch what happens next. I mean, I think it would just be the most amazing thing just to watch this thing unfold Because here, verse 4, but the Lord, there it is again, another, that that little word there. But the Lord sent out, or hurled is technically the term. He hurled out a great wind on the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship was about to be broken up. Now, one thing you can note, especially within this chapter, just so you understand, everything else except for Jonah is obeying God. Everything else is. The wind, the sea, this fish, they're all obeying God. The one person who is not is the prophet. He's the only one in the story who's not, who's, who's in rebellion against God. But here God, he, he sends this storm. He's going to mess with this boat. Uh, I mean, these sailors who are skilled sailors, are they know this is not an ordinary storm. This is something that is like divine. And we're going to go down. Verse 5, then the mariners were afraid, and every man cried out to his god. I don't know how many gods were represented on this boat, but they were calling out to all of them, right? These are Gentiles. These are pagan sailors, probably worshiping multiple gods. We don't know if these guys are from Tarshish or where they all come from. It's probably a motley crew of just sailors, right? But they are all crying out to, like, you break them all out. Let's just pray to everything that we know to pray to. Because this storm is out of control. And, and they know if the ship goes down, they're goners. They're goners. So they begin to cry out to their god. They're throwing out the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten the load. So now they're, they're losing money. They're like, we got to lighten the load, and so they're throwing out cargo, which they're probably taking back to Tarshish, which is, they're going to have to be financially responsible for this. But they're whatever it takes to preserve our lives, so they're throwing out the cargo and all that stuff. Here's our favorite little word, but. But. Jonah. Where's Jonah? Jonah had gone down into the lowest parts of the ship and had lain down and was fast asleep. Like, even the storm's not waking him up. This guy is out. I find that so fascinating that even in certain times of rebelling against God, you can find sleep. Sometimes, when you're rebelling against God, it's hard to sleep. It's hard to get a good night of rest. Jonah, in rebelling against God, finds the boat he's looking for, is willing to pay the price to get on this boat, and is enjoying a pleasant, very deep sleep on the bottom of this boat as the storm is raging. So the captain came to him because they are probably looking around. They're like, wait, wasn't there, where'd that, where'd that Hebrew guy go? Or they didn't, At this point in time, they probably don't even know. I mean, there's a good chance that they probably visually recognize that who he was in the sense of being a Jewish man. But they're like, where's that one guy? Because we're all up here praying. We're all here praying. Where's that other guy? Because maybe he has a connection to another guy that we just don't know about who can stop this storm. So the captain came to him, verse six, and said to him, What do you mean, sleeper? He's like, Well, what are you doing? How can you sleep at a time like this? Wake up. We're dying. Arise, call on your God. Perhaps your God will consider us, so that we may not perish. This is the captain, a very, a skilled man in his position and his job, and he knows like it's not looking good. It's not looking good, and you know it's not looking good for the world when they begin to pray. Okay, <laughs> when they begin to call on God, whatever you know, like, you know it's 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 bad. It's getting bad, and for these guys, it's getting really bad. He finds Jonah, wakes him up, and is like, Listen, man, it's all hands on deck. We're all praying up there. What are you doing down here sleeping? Jonah's like, His mindset is probably like, Well, if it goes down, it goes down. I don't have to go to Nineveh. I don't have to go to Nineveh. Like, I think he was that set and that determined within his heart and his mind about not wanting to go to this wicked, not wanting to go to his enemy and deliver this good news. He was willing to die. He hated him that much. He hated him that much that he was willing to die so that he didn't have to obey God. That's pretty extreme, pretty extreme. But also, again, it's just another, it's an honest account from this man saying like, listen, let me tell you my story. Let me tell you my story. So they get them up there to the top of the deck. And they said to one another, come, let us cast lots, that we may know who, for whose cause this trouble has come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Lo and behold, they're like, whether they're rolling dice or they're drawing straws, I don't, you know, there's probably like some sort of dice that was involved with this thing. But they're going to figure out like, OK, they got everybody around all right, who did it? <laughs> Who's the blame for this storm? And Jonah's probably like, oh, man, um, he's the man. And he's singled out by this lot that fell on him. And it, all arrows pointed to Jonah. All indications of this storm and their lives being at stake were because of this guy and his unwillingness to obey God. Our sins Will never just affect us. Our rebellion, our running away from God, our trying to hide from Him will never ever just affect us. These sailors are innocent bystanders in this story. Now, praise God, there's a good result at the end of this because they will, at the end of this chapter, we'll see. They're like they're in awe of God and they're they're offering some sacrifices and all that stuff. But Jonah in his rebellion has put their lives in jeopardy. It's his fault. And they're feeling the effects of that. And they're like, what did you do? What did you do that has put our lives at risk? And I think that's a fair question. I think that's a fair question. And it, again, it's something that we all need to be mindful of within our lives and, and just decisions that we make. And, and it's, it's one of those things. It's just a daily thing of like, okay, Lord, help me to make good choices today. And if you're calling me to do something and you're telling me to go and I don't, whatever it may be, Lord, would you give me the boldness that I need to be obedient? Because sometimes the requests are easy. Go to Jeroboam, tell them this message. Sweet, that'll make everybody love me. Okay, I'll do that one. No, Now go to Nineveh to your enemies and tell them this message. No, because that's going to make everybody hate me. And they'll probably kill me because there are enemies. So no, I'm not going to do that. If you don't want to end up in the belly of the fish, you need to just obey God. Obey God. It's better for you and it's better for people that are surrounding you. Okay. Because it'll never just affect you. So if he's telling you to do something, just, just do it. Just go for it, okay? The other thing concerning that, I'm just, these verses are popping in my head, but I'm reminded from the book of Hebrews that we have a high priest who can sympathize with us. His name is Jesus. And he has been through it all. He knows exactly what you're going through. And he will never ask of you but well, he isn't willing to walk through, through it with you. He's, he's, he's there. He's like, listen, I, I may call you to do something that's difficult, but you're not doing it on your own. The Lord Jesus is like, no, I'm going with you. I'm going to go with you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold your hand through this whole process. Like, This is a journey we're going on together. I'm, never, I'm not just asking you, like, hey, go and do this. And you know, I'm going to wish you luck and hope I see you again. It's not, that's not how Jesus works. He's like, hey, I want you to go and do this thing with me with me. So just in, in case you need that, that encouragement, that reminder, he never sets us up for like failure in that sense of like, no, you know, good luck. Hey, go do this thing. You know, hey, we're, we're rooting for you from heaven. Like, we hope you make it. It's like, not that at all. And Jesus even told his disciples, he's like, listen, it's better that I go because the Holy Spirit, you got the Holy Spirit living inside of you. Power. Tremendous power and teaching and all the this, all this stuff that goes along with the Holy Spirit, who is a person of the Trinity, the triune God. You're never alone in these endeavors. You're never alone in these endeavors. If Jonah was going to go to Nineveh, you needed to, he needed to understand that God was going before him and with him. But here he is on the boat. The lots fall on him. Then they said to him, please tell us. For whose cause is this trouble upon us? What is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country? And to what people are you like? Okay, spill the beans. What, what's up? What'd you do? Who are you? What's your job? Where'd you come from? I love all these questions. These questions are brilliant because this really puts Jonah into a position where he has to own up to who he is to who he is, and who God has called him to be. See, you might think you can resign, but you can't, because you can't. Because you might end up on a boat full of Gentiles, and they're like, hey, who are you? What do you do? Where are you from? This, okay, you're here. The lot fell on you, so tell us. What's your occupation? I'm a prophet of God. I was a prophet of God. I kind of quit. They're like, no, you can't do that. You're a prophet of God. Oh, interesting. Where do you come from? I come from Israel, where you guys picked me up. It's your country, Israel. I, I come from Galilee. I'm from Israel. What people? I'm, I'm a Hebrew. I'm a Hebrew. So he's going to tell them. I mean, basically, he tells them just that, what I explained to you. But he says, he says to them, verse 9, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord the God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. I'm a Hebrew, and I fear God. The one who made the sea that's about to kill all of us. <laughs> like, this is the God I serve of this horrible sea and that beautiful dry land that's calm over there, where he's supposed to be. It says, verse 10, the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, why have you done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. And see, there he is. I mean, he's owning up to it. He's telling him. He's like, listen, I'm a Hebrew. I serve God. I'm a prophet. But God asked me to do something that I just don't agree with politically or culturally or anything because I'm kind of a little bit of a racist and a little bit of a bigot in that sense because I hate those people for who they are. That's the real, the reality of the story. Whether we like those terms or not, that's the truth. And they're like, what? <laughs> he's like, I'm running from God. And I can't even imagine what was going through these pagans' minds where they're like, wait, you're running from God? This is God you serve, who you said created this earth and who created this sea, and he's all-powerful God, Elohim. You're, you're running from him? Can you do that? I, I would imagine these are questions that are coming across him. Now, maybe not, because the waves are still Raging, and the wind is still howling. So maybe though I'll have time for chit chat, but I'm just wondering what's going on in the mind of like, are you nuts? You can't run from God. Isn't it amazing when the world corrects us Christians on our theology? Because it happens. It happens. I've been encouraged by people who aren't saved at all during some of my down times, or people come along and say like, hey, you know what? God's good. I'm like, where did that come from? God's good. I'm like, do you even know him? Because I don't think you do. And it's weird how the Lord can use instances like that where people, and maybe, maybe they are some are believers or whatever. I have a few people in my life who maybe at one point in time were following the Lord and all that good stuff. I don't know where they're at with him and all that. But they'll come around and be like, hey, God's got your back. I'm like, did he tell you to say that? Because I kind of needed to hear that. I kinda needed to hear that, but I didn't expect it to come from you. Here's these Gentiles are like, what are you
2: thinking?
0: Thanks for joining us today on Bread for the Broken with Pastor James as we journey through the book of Jonah. If you'd like to listen to today's teaching again or hear more from Pastor James, you can visit our website at breadforthebroken.com. Just click on the Teachings tab. There you'll find a variety of verse-by-verse Bible-based teachings. Maybe you're like Jonah and you're wrestling with the call that God has on your life. Or maybe you've been running from God and you're ready to come home. We'd love to walk alongside you and encourage you in your faith. As believers in Jesus, we're called to gather together and pray, encourage, and help one another through life. This is what we believe at Bread for the Broken and Calvary Galveston, the church behind this ministry. If you're looking for a new church home or simply someone to connect and pray with, we'd love to be that person or people for you. If you're ever in the Galveston area, we'd love to have you come visit. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. for a time of worship and Bible study. Our atmosphere at Calvary Galveston is relaxed, so feel free to come just as you are. For more information, please visit breadforthebroken.com. We'd love to connect with you too, so please drop us a note and let us know how you heard about Bread for the Broken and how we can be praying for you. Just visit our church website at breadforthebroken.com and click on the contact tab to fill out our form. Thanks for listening to today's edition of Bread for the Broken.
2: Let me paint the picture of you.